0: Broadcast on NBC Radio from 1955 to 1958, we bring to you X-1. Countdown for blastoff. X-5, 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire. From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds.
1: X, 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 X minus, minus one. one, one, one.
0: Tonight. The Murray Leinster story, If You Was a Mocklin.
2: Up to the last minute, I can't imagine that Mocklin is going to be the first planet that humans get off of. Moving fast, breathing hard, and sweating copious. There wasn't any reason for it. Everything was all quiet at the trading post. I was sitting on the front porch while Deep. He's the Mocklin clerk. Looks a lot like a guy named Casey used to be a wiper on the Palmyra. He comes out on the porch. Hey, Mr. Brinkley? Morning, Date. How's business? Eh, not so good. There were a few Wood Mocklins in this morning. Yeah, I saw Kind of nice looking. Those big saucer eyes. Hey, what makes the noses wiggle like rabbits? I don't know, sir. I'm not a Woods Mocklin. Oh, sure, sure. No offense. No offense. They buy much? No, they didn't. They said the prices were too high. Oh. Yeah, they said they can get the same goods at the other trading post for half price. Yeah, it's kind of hard to run a nice little monopoly for the company with another trading post opening up at half price. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Look at that little kid playing in the mud. You mean the Mocklin kid? Yeah, it's my cousin's niece. I can't get over those little kids with a droopy mustaches like old man Bland. I gotta laugh every time. Well, I understand. But, but you see, Marklins are getting much more human every day. Hey, look at that. There go to the trees on the landing field. Yeah, but the relief ship isn't due for a month. I never knew those trees to get up and walk away if there wasn't a ship due. And yeah? There goes old Sally pulling up her roots. Well, this can't be any routine ship. I wish Brooks was back from the hills. <laughs> Over here. All right. all
1: right. Come on, come on. Let's go over here. Yeah, nice to see you all again. Friends. Yeah, sure, sure. Friends. Friends. <laughs> yeah. I wish those Mocklins were a little less friendly each time. It's like being a movie star. Captain? Captain
3: Haney?
2: Hey. What's that? We didn't sign a requisition for anything like that. Red hair and everything
3: else. Captain?
1: Relax, Brinkley. That is Inspector Caldwell. She's a troubleshooter for Sam Company.
2: They must have finally read those reports Brooks keeps silent in that.
1: Look out for her. She's... Oh, well, good morning, Miss Caldwell.
3: Inspector Caldwell,
1: please. This is Joe Brinkley. He's the assistant manager of the company post.
3: Where's Brooks?
2: Uh, he's up in the mountains, ma'am.
3: We should have been here. I'm on Mocklin to check into this matter of a competitive trading post. Who's back of it? The company is supposed to have exclusive trading rights.
2: Brooks is trying to find out. The Mocklins around the place always say the humans are off somewhere hunting or something. We've never seen them. Hey, take the lady's luggage. Uh, Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. Oh,
3: he looks a little familiar, your clerk.
2: Uh, He's a Mocklin. But he looks a lot like a man used to be a wiper on a Palmyra, Casey.
3: I think he's on the Aldebaran run now. Please. Please conduct me to the trading post. (laughs)
2: That afternoon, Brooks come down out of the hills with a bunch of woods Marklins that were guiding them. I took Inspector Caldwell over to meet him. And he gets one look at her red hair and other equipment. And he stops short. Hey, what's this? Is she moklin? I beg your pardon? Uh, this is Inspector Caldwell. She come in on a Palmyra today. This is Brooks, the head trader.
4: Well, am I glad to see you. I guess they finally read my reports in sector headquarters. You come to check my request that the planet be abandoned?
3: Not at all. Mocklin has great potentialities. Friendly natives. Trade should continue and increase.
4: I explained, All
3: I'm interested in is why you allowed a competitive post to be established in our exclusive territory. My
4: reports cover that. Haven't you read them? Of
3: course not. I was given a briefing on the situation here and told to correct it. Well, now, let's get to it. Do they cut prices?
2: Fifty percent. But lots of Mocklins still trade with us, just out of friendship. They're real friendly, these Marklands.
3: Now, I'd like to know
2: just... Excuse me, Mr. Brinkley. What is it, Dave? A girl just brought you a compliment. Oh? Well, now, send her in and get a present for her. Yes, sir. Uh,
3: 50%. Well, if they want a trade war, we'll give it to them. We can cut prices if we have to. We have all the resources of the company behind us. My
4: dear Miss Caldwell, if you'd read any of my...
3: Inspector Caldwell. Here she
2: is, Mr. Brinkley.
3: (laughs) Compliments, sir, compliment Well,
2: let's see him He's asleep Well, look at that He is like mine The same bashed in nose and everything <laughs> What do you know? Hey, what's your name? Morano. I can't remember ever seeing you before Well, that's the way it goes Hey, they take her in the post and give her a present yeah, This way Thanks for the compliment. I'm greatly honored. Yeah, it's real cute, ain't it? Real human. Human?
3: Brinkley, you are going to be transferred out of here the instant the Palmyra gets back.
2: Why? You mean that girl? I'm giving her a present. What's the matter?
3: That's all you think about it? Oh, the the callousness. You're revolting. Miss
2: Caldwell, I'm afraid maybe you don't exactly understand about parallel evolution here in
3: Markland. I gather it's been parallel enough. That will be all on that subject, if you please. In the morning, I shall want to go and inspect that other trading post.
2: We set out for the trading post the next day. Brooks stayed behind on account of he was peeved that she hadn't read his report. Anyway, she was cute as a bug, and he resented anyone with a figure like that in authority over him. Especially without reading his report. Well, I tried to explain to Miss Caldwell that we just couldn't go in and rip up the opposition post. Why not? They're poaching. Marklins imitate humans. Now, if we start trouble, they'll start it, too. Anything, mayhem, murder, theft, bigamy.
3: Bigamy? You're worried about that?
2: Listen, Miss Caldwell, you've got to understand about Markland evolution.
3: I'm not interested.
2: Yeah, here, wait a minute. Now, this is a nest bush, see? There's about a dozen nests on it. Hmm. Now, only about two of them are right. Look. Oh, there's a bird. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Now, see, the bush grows nests for the cackle bird, and the bird, well, fertilizes around the bush. It's even staving. See, that's the way evolution works on Marklin, like we were trying to tell you.
3: Mr. Brinkley, I am not interested in learning about the birds and the bees on Marklin or any other planet from you. Now, let's get on to that trading post.
2: Naturally, when we got there, it was only a couple of Marklins hanging around. They told us the same story about the humans having gone off somewhere hunting donderflies. When we got back to the company post, Inspector Caldwell, furious as a wet cacklebird, bird, marched right into Brooks.
3: I have just ordered a price cut on all items on sale by 75%. I've also ordered unlimited credit for Moklin customers. They want a trade war over there? I'll give it to them. But
4: you don't understand. There's a whole planet where they could have put another trading post without being discovered. Why put it so close to us?
3: That furnishes them with a ready-made market for human trade goods. And it furnished them with Moklins trained to be interpreters and clerks... And it furnished them with a Mocklin head clerk who was a very handsome young man, Mr. Brooks. He not only resembles you in every feature, but he even has a good many of your mannerisms. You should be very proud. Goodbye.
4: That's funny. Like me, huh?
2: That's right. an image. Funny as folks never brought him for a compliment present. How good's the likeness? If he was wearing your clothes, I'd swear it was you.
4: Maybe. Joe. Remember that time you went off hunting with Death and his folks?
2: Yeah, sure. We were after flies. We caught about six of them. You were wearing Moklin clothes, weren't you? Oh, you know how they are. You're insulted if you don't. Listen, did you come back after one day for tobacco and a bath? No. No, we were way over at Tunleb Hill. Some Moklin got killed and we had to bury him. It took two days. Well, during that week while you were off wearing Moklin clothes,
4: somebody came back here wearing your clothes. He got some tobacco and went out again. He looked just like you, Joe. Exactly. Nobody suspected it wasn't you. Why should he want to do that? He might have been checking to see if he could fool me. Oh, that's a situation, ain't it? I haven't mentioned it before, but I've been guessing it's something like this. Mocklins like to be human, and they have kids that look human. I'll look at the difference between teeth and a woods, Mocklin. Well, maybe they can want to be smart like humans. and Pretty soon they are, or their kids are. That, that rival
2: trading post. You figure there aren't any humans running it. They're practicing with that. You mean they might figure to get rid of us and have a couple of Mocklins take our place? I don't believe that. Mocklins like humans. They wouldn't harm humans for anything. They like to be just like them. Listen, Joe.
4: Miss Coldwell is the first human woman on Markland, isn't she? Yeah. Why? And she's got red hair. The first woman the Mocklins see, and with red hair. You know how Moklins admire humans. With luck, it ought to turn up soon. <laughs> Boy, she's going to take it hard if it does. Women hate to be wrong. But it's about our only chance. Uh, listen, Joe, we've got to have some check between us. What for? Well, if there's a Mocklin that looks like me and one that looks like you, we better have a signal. Look, I'll cough twice, like this. And you whistle back. That way we'll know it's us. Okay. Try it. (coughs) Good, good. That way we'll
2: know we're us. Brooks starts off the next morning to visit the other trading post and see the Marklin that looks so much like him. Before he goes, we do our little routine. about two weeks till the Palmyra is due back. And that's pretty close vigor waiting for what we're waiting for. I was thinking how good life was on Mocklin up to now, and that made me kind of a little sad. But it's the end, there's no doubt about it. Mocklin sure admire humans. They produce kids that look like them. You can't help liking Mocklin's. but I can see what Brooks means. Machlan's loose among humans, outsmarting them as their kids grow up, just about taking over in the galaxy. When they come back from the other trading post, we went through the secret business again. <coughs> in the meantime, Inspector Caldwell was busy with her trade war. She cut prices once, twice, finally six times until three days before the Palmyra's is due back. Our goods are marked at exactly 1% of what they cost a the month before. Brooks was getting more and more nervous. Seemed like he was falling kind of in love with a snappy little inspector. He was getting jumpy waiting for her to get her big surprise. She was making out merchandise requisitions one morning when Deeth come in smiling friendly at her.
4: Inspector Colwell?
3: Oh, what is it, Deeth? Uh,
4: There's a compliment for you.
3: What? Three of them. What is he talking about? Joe, this is it. Deeth, show him in. Now, look, I haven't got time for public relations. These inventories... Ah, here we are.
2: Inspector Caldwell, three
3: compliments. (laughs) Compliment, compliment, compliment. Now, let's see him. Very pretty, very human, no? Oh, no. No, no, that's impossible. No. Very
4: pretty. Red hair, all three of them.
3: Red hair. Very pretty red hair. Same as human lady. Very pretty. (laughs)
4: All right, Deeth. Take her out and give her some presents. This way. Come on.
3: But, but but that's impossible. The, the, those babies, three of them, they, they all, they couldn't.
4: They do. They look exactly like you. That's what we were trying to tell
2: you.
3: But I, 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 I've only been here a month.
2: when babies get born real fast. They sure admire humans. It's kind of friendly when you think about it.
3: You mean they can make their babies look like anybody they want?
2: It was
4: all in my reports. They've got a queer sort of evolution here on Mocklin. Babies here inherit desired characteristics, not acquired characteristics, desired ones. And what could be more desirable than you? Red hair and all.
3: Oh, but I but I thought I mean you and Brinkley oh.
4: <laughs> You couldn't help it, dear, really.
3: But I I hated you. I I thought oh, that
4: Now look, darling. And um, Joe. Yeah. Do me a
2: favor, will you? Uh, sure, what? Get out of here Oh Okay And stay away for a while Sure, only one thing What? This (coughs) Okay Then I'll leave you two together About two days later, the Palmyra boomed down out of the sky We were all packed up waiting on the field when the trees finished getting out of the way. I kept thinking, no matter what, Mocklins sure are friendly. they sure do admire humans. I could see them crew members with liberty heading off from the field with a whole gang of laughing, singing Mocklins following each one of them. After a while, Cap Haney came over on a freight truck.
1: <laughs> it's a pleasure, I tell you, to see these Mocklins. I just came here from Welch's Planet... The natives there are suspicious, unfriendly, and if you're not watching, they'll steal your gold teeth. Eh, uh, but Mocklin... Captain
3: Haney, don't give orders to unload your cargo. What do you mean? We are abandoning the post. What? We are leaving Mocklin completely.
1: Sam Company pulling out when there's still a mill credit to be made? I don't believe it.
3: I have authority to order the move, and Mr. Brooks has convinced me of the necessity for it.
1: Now, Inspector, I know the company doesn't like to give in to competition.
3: There isn't any competition.
4: Well, I thought... Scott was right. That other trading post is purely a Mocklin Enterprise. They bought our goods from us and pretended to sell them at half price, and we got our prices, so they bought more goods from us and went on. Some Mocklin must have thought it'd be nice to be a smart businessman, so his kids would be smart businessmen. Too smart. We'll close up this post before the Mocklins think of something else. What? What do they think of? If they got loose from this planet, if they can pass as humans, their kids could take over human civilization. How would you like that?
1: Mm. Oh, I see, yeah.
3: You'd better make ready to blast off, Captain.
1: Yeah, but I got the B section off on shore liberty. Men are scattered all over the place. With mocklins? Sure, with mocklins. You know how it is. Regular party. Fancy mocklin clothes, food, liquor. Captain,
3: you'd better sound the emergency recall. Yeah,
1: yeah, I see what you mean right away. <laughs> Counts for all, but about five of them. Oh, they're coming across
4: the field now. Keep that line straight for the hatch. We got a count off.
2: Four,
4: five. Yeah, they're all in line. I'll check against the roster.
2: Wait a minute, there's another one coming. Look, by that
3: tree.
1: There can't be. I've got thirty-eight men lined up already. Thirty-eight. That's a full count.
3: Well, that's a human.
2: He's wearing Mocklin clothes. Eh,
1: it looks like Pete Werber from the engine crew.
3: Hey, hey, hey wait!
0: Wait for me.
1: Wait! But it can't be. Werber's already checked in. There he is in line.
4: Wait,
1: wait for me. Hey, whoa! Where'd you come from? I couldn't find my clothes.
4: You see, I I I was in these awkward clothes when the signal went off. I was trying to find my clothes.
1: Werber, look over there in the line.
4: Where? Hey, that's my clothes. That guy. He looks just like me. Now what's the idea? Hey, you! Come over here. Yes, sir. What's the idea? All right, all right, you caught me. I- I'm a Mocklin. He stole my clothes. Why did you do it? Oh, We Mocklins like humans so much, I thought it would be nice to make a trip to Earth and see more humans. How come he looks like me? My parents planned it five years ago when you came here first. They made me look like this wonderful human and hid me till now. Or you'd give me back my clothes? Well, of course, of course. I wouldn't want to make any difficulties for humans. Mm-hmm.
2: Took it as a joke on him. He talked English as good as anybody. It was hard to tell which was the mocklin and which the human guy. So we let him keep the human uniform and he was very grateful. We took off after that and the Mocklin stood around and laughed and waved and threw flowers as we closed the hatches. Pretty soon the Palmyra was pushing up through the atmosphere. Just before the auxiliary circuits went on during the jump to overdrive, we all stood around in the astrogator's dome with a screen turned up the high mag and watched as Moklin faded into a round cantaloupe behind us.
4: It's a shame. Sure was a pretty planet. Real friendly. Too friendly. I still have the shivers thinking we almost took a Moklin off with us. No, the other
1: crew had been on Moklin long enough to have a double. Five years is a safety margin.
4: Takes them that long to grow up. We were lucky, aren't huh, Joe?
2: Huh? What?
4: I said we were lucky.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We sure are. I guess I was the only one that felt a little different from the others about leaving Mocklin. I mean, Mocklin's a swell folks, and it seemed a shame. There'll be an order out that no human ship is allowed to land on Mocklin. But I was thinking, I'll save my money and those compliments, those three little kids that look just like Inspector Caldwell, in about five years they'll be grown. And I'll buy me a little private ship and shove off for Mocklin again. And I'll pick me one of those three red-headed gals and marry her Mocklin style and bring her out to a human colony planet. I'll have kids with brains, top-level brains. That's easy. If she wants it, that's the way the kids will be born. I'll have to bring other Mocklins out, too, and start them passing for humans. My kids are going to need other Mocklins to marry, aren't they? It's not that I don't like humans. I do. If the fellow I look like, Joe Brinkley, hadn't gotten killed accidentally on a hunting trip, I never would have thought of taking his place and being Joe Brinkley. That's what I was thinking when Brooks suddenly got an idea. Wait a minute. Joe,
4: you and I were on Mocklin more than five years. Yeah? So? One thing. <clears throat> <sighs> <sighs> and everything's
2: all right. I mean, you can't blame me for wanting to live among humans. Can you? Wouldn't you, if you was a Mocklin?
0: Tonight by Transcription, X-Minus-One has brought you If You Was a Mocklin, a story from the pages of Galaxy written by Murray Leinster and adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy. Featured in the cast were Joseph Julian... Patricia Wheel, Carl Weber, Ralph Camargo, Helen Gerald, Stan Early, John Marley, and Dick Jennifer. Your announcer, Fred Collins.
1: Ever hear of Public Law 733 passed by the 83rd Congress? No? Well, what's in that law could concern you and give you a lucky break, especially if you're an Air Force officer or an airman with a knowledge of languages. It concerns the Air Force Institute of Technology and provides for the further education of Air Force personnel. There are some 60 courses being given, some of them at civilian colleges and universities. So ask your education officer for all the information he has on it and see if you're qualified. By doing so, you can help not only the Air Force, but yourself.
0: Join us again next week for a new adventure in dimension and space on X-1. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.